0: The While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes.
1: Don't worry about the fact that you're serving God and people are fooling around manipulating themselves into relationships and promotions and jobs and opportunities. Some of whom may be people, you know, in church, they're fooling around doing this and that, and there seem to be prospering and things are working out for them. Don't worry about them folks. Trust me. Do good. Dwell in the land Feed on my faithfulness, also delighting me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. You see, here's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes when we see other people who seem to be getting away with doing things, and you know what they're doing is not lining up with the word and lining up with what you believe you're supposed to do, and they seem to be doing well, they're getting married, having children, uh, having promotions, things are working out for them. Well... If you dwell on that, you'll be tempted to do what they did and stop trusting God, which automatically just takes you out from receiving God's desires, because that's part of what you need to do to have your heart's desire met. Even if you're not every other people, but you're trusting God, that's good. How many of you know that we can trust God and not do good? We can trust God and not do good. Like Job's friends, they came off like they sounded like they knew God. Okay, maybe they knew God. Obviously, they didn't know him that well, but they weren't doing good for Job. They had the resources, but they weren't helping him out. Some people may trust God or they may do good, but not trust God. You know, people who are very kind, they do good. They help people out. But, you know, the way they talk, you can tell they don't trust God, but they're doing good. It also talks about feeding on his faithfulness. God is faithful. Jesus is God. Jesus is the word. Feed on his word. So you start doing the math. I'm like, okay. I don't need to be worrying about what other people are doing. I need to trust God, do good, dwell in the land, feed on God's faithfulness, feed on his word and delight in him. All this together positions me to have my heart's desire met. So usually I like to ask, okay, how many of us who are really frustrated with God and feeling like God is not doing his part, are doing all these things together? All these things are connected. Having said all of that, what does it really mean to delight in the Lord? The word delight is derived from the Hebrew word anag. It's actually pronounced onag, but it smelled like anag, so I'm just going to say anag. The Old Testament was written originally primarily in Hebrew, some some part of it in Aramaic. The New Testament was translated from Greek, okay, so what we see in English was translated from Hebrew and some part Aramaic in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament, okay? So sometimes when things are translated, words are lost in translation, you know? But the word that means delight there is the word anag. And it means to be soft and pliable. To be soft and pliable. Some of us understand what it means to be soft, but we may not know what does it mean to be pliable? Think of God as the potter and we are the clay. The fact that you can mold the clay, the clay is being able to be molded or shaped because it's pliable. It's almost like you can adjust it and move it around any how you want. That characteristic of the clay that enables it to be manipulated and shaped in any way God wants it to be shaped is called pliable. So that's basically what it's saying. That God wants us to be soft and pliable so that we are party. He wants us to be party in his hand so that he can shape us, mold us however he wants. That's what he means. Be soft and pliable in addition to the other things and God would give you the desires of your heart. I find it interesting because to get a visual picture of being soft and pliable in God's hands, we can look at Adam and Eve in Genesis. Chapter two, verse 18, where God says it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. In Genesis 2, 7, 8, and 15. It's not on the screen, but you can write it down. The Bible says God formed man from the dust of the ground and he planted a garden in Eden. And there he put the man. He put Adam in the garden of Eden. Interestingly, Eden means delight. Eden means delight. God placed him in the garden of delight before God brought a wife to him. What exactly did God do with Adam in delight? First of all, God placed him there. God purposed him there. God prepared him there. Then God partnered him there. So simply put, what does it mean to delight in the Lord? God can place you, purpose you, prepare you before he partners you. You have to just say, God, do whatever you want. and God can say, OK, boom, he grabs you, takes you somewhere, places you there to do something while you are there. And while you are there, he's working on you, taking things out of you like he did in Adam, putting things in you before he can bring the person or whatever it is you're believing in God for. To delight in the Lord is to be soft and pliable in God's hands. And to really simplify this even more, I like the way the contemporary English version presents Psalm 37, verse 4. It simply says, do what the Lord wants. And he will give you the desires of your heart. CEV, contemporary English version. Do what the Lord wants and he will give you the desires of your heart. If we go to the next verse after Psalm 37, verse four, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Your way also refers to whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to achieve, commit it unto the Lord, trust also (laughs) in him and he will bring that, whatever you're trying to do, To pass. The word "commit" there again is the Hebrew word galal. And it simply means to roll. To roll on. How many of you know that when you're rolling something, it's turning over? If I'm rolling a tire, the tire is like turning over. You're rolling it. So basically, we're supposed to commit or turn things over to God. And also trust in him. And he will bring it to pass. Now, moving right along. Having said all of that. Going back to Psalm 37, verse four, delight in the Lord or delight also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The traditional understanding is, OK, I got all this stuff I want God to do for me. So after all talks said tonight, OK, All I got to do is not worry about what other people are doing. Trust God. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on God's faithfulness. Be soft and pliable in God's hands. And God will hook me up with that hot looking babe I've been thinking about. Well, praise the Lord. I could do that. I could do that. God will hook me up with that man I've been checking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, no. (laughs) Delight in the Lord also, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If your heart's desires are right, yes. But if they are corrupt, no. And that's why we need to be soft and pliable in God's hands, because what God is going to do is take those things out of you then put things inside of you. Then you start asking for those things because now he's replaced the junk in your heart with his will for your life. So you now start desiring things that he wanted you to desire in the first place. So basically, delighting in the Lord also And God will give you the desires that he wants you to desire. That's basically what it's saying. Sometimes some of you may have dealt with this. You have a computer that is not doing it what it's supposed to do. You wanted to do something with the computer. The application is messed up. It's corrupt. You take it to an uh, IT person, whatever. They wipe the computer. There's this concept called wiping. They wipe the hard drive and they clean it up. And they load new applications into the computer so that when you now use the computer, it's it working fine. That's kind of how God does for us. He's like a spiritual IT person. When we have corruption inside of us, God wipes those things out. But in order for him to wipe those things out, you have to like be soft and pliable in his hands, like potty. God's like, OK, good. He opens you up and wipes those things out. Then he loads new things inside of you. So that those are the things that will be coming out of you and he will be granting you those things. So delight in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, he's going to give you what he wants you to want. That's basically what he's saying. Now, going to Psalm 84, verse 11, one of my favorite verses. It says something like this. God is his son and his shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly. And a lot of people are like, wait a minute. I know a lot of good things that have been withheld from me. The verse says again, no good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly. You may think that person is good. You may think that opportunity is good, but you gotta trust God. No good thing. Will he withhold from those who walk uprightly? Just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. So if God is withholding it from you, it's because it's not good. But talks, man, it, it really looks good. It looks good. It feels good. It's not good. The word translated as good there is the word towb and it's a loaded word. It means different things at different times. But essentially, part of the meaning of the word good there is something pleasant, agreeable of, of benefit to you. What I find interesting about that word in Psalm 84, 11, no good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly. It's the same word in Proverbs 18, I believe, 22, where it says he who finds a wife finds a good Thing It's the same word, good. So when it says good thing, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Uh, The word good there is not just applicable to a relationship, but something that essentially is pleasant, agreeable or beneficial to you. So again, so you see this opportunity or you see this person, they look good, they feel good, they sound good. And God is withholding him or that opportunity from you. Trust God that it's not good. But maybe you're arguing with me like, Tokes. I know it's good. Trust me. I know it's good. I said, OK, you know what? You might be right. Maybe he or she is good. Maybe the opportunity is good. But it's not good for you. It's not good for you. It's good for somebody else. It's good for another scenario. But for you, it's not good. In Genesis two eighteen, when God created Eve for Adam, God did not say it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper for him, period. He said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. Everybody is not suitable for you. Every job is not suitable for you. Every opportunity is not suitable for you. God wants to give you something that is suitable for you. God wants to give you someone that fits you, not someone that only gives you fits. Mm -hmm. So maybe that thing is good. Maybe that person is good, but not good for you. But you might argue, trust me, I know it's good. And I know it's good for me. I don't know how you figure that out, but let's just take your word for it, okay? It's good, and it's good for you. That it must mean it's not a good time. It might be good for you. It might be good, but it's not a good time. A good thing at the wrong time is a bad thing. There's a time for everything. I believe it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 where it says, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, everything is beautiful in its time. How many of you have eaten of fruit that tastes real bad? Tastes terrible. In fact, you get sick. Some people get sick. Was the fruit just bad? Or was it not the right time to bite the fruit? Allow that fruit to grow. And oh, you love it. It's a sweet fruit, but you just gotta let that fruit grow because it's just not the time. It was good, but not the good time to eat the fruit. Along the same lines, some of us have had ugly situations, just terrible drama because the timing was off. It's not a good time. You might argue, like Tox, trust me, it's good. It's good for me, and I know it's a good time because my clock is ticking. <laughs> I said, "Okay, I'll take your word for it. It's good. It's uh, good for you, and it's a good time." Then we need to go back to find out what it says in Psalm eighty-four, eleven. It says, "It doesn't say that no good thing will God withhold from everybody. It doesn't say no good thing God, does God withhold from everybody." It specifies the people that God does not withhold good things from. People who walk uprightly. Not people who walked uprightly. People who walk uprightly. Remember when we talked about Job, first thing the Bible says about him was what? He was blameless. He was upright. He feared God. Shunned evil. He tripped a little bit for about 40 chapters, but being an upright man, he was like, God, forgive me. I messed up. I repent. Immediately, God restored him double along the same lines. Walking uprightly, if you're walking uprightly, rest assured, God will not withhold any good thing from you. Now, to be upright is often used in the New Testament as being righteous. And because uh, sometimes when you read about Joseph and Mary, the Bible says being a righteous man. Um, the angel told him about Mary and how he should go ahead and marry her. Some translations don't use the word righteous. They use the word upright. Now, being upright is not something we can do on our own. In the Old Testament, that was different. But thank God for the New Testament. Thank God for Jesus. Our righteousness are our belief in him by faith. It's a gift. It's grace. It's kind of like our righteousness is like filthy rags. Some of you have heard that before. Imagine I'm putting on a rag. That's my righteousness. Jesus is putting on his pure white robe. That's his righteousness. So because I believed in Jesus, what Jesus did, he took my rags and gave me his righteousness. So because I'm in Christ, I'm in right standing with him. So that's how I receive my righteousness. not something I earn. However, that is based on having faith in him, based on trust in him. We'll go back to that trust factor again. And when we do that, when we believe in Christ, believe in Jesus, it is accounted unto us or bestowed upon us as righteousness or being upright before God. So simply put, because of our relationship in Christ, having faith in him and trust in him we position ourselves to not miss out on good things at a good time that are good for us that God has for you and I. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit WhileYouAreSingle.org. That is while you are single.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.